And welcome to your Friday, probably one of the biggest Fridays out of the entire year. It is Good Fridays. We are approaching the Easter weekend here. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And this weekend, this podcast basically summarizes why speaking for him exists. Because you and I know this, that we do not serve a savior that is dead in the grave somewhere. Mm-hmm. We serve a savior who died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And he is alive forevermore, uh, on high, interceding for us. And we are called to speak for him, hence the name of the Speaking for Him podcast. So I'm very excited to share this special broadcast with all of you who are listening. I hope that you'll share it with your friends because we want even more listeners to experience uh, some of these encouraging episodes to help them grow closer to the one that they've been called to serve. So without much further ado, Adam, will you give us our quote of the day? Absolutely. And we are digging into scripture today for our quote of the day. It says here, And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, and he has said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you unto, into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. It's Matthew 28, verses 5 through 7. All right, so these women are coming to anoint Jesus' body uh, for burial. They couldn't do much before because it was the Sabbath. And so it, early on the first day of the week, they come to the tomb. And they find that the stone has been rolled away and there's no body there. One of the best parts of the whole Christian story is that the tomb is empty. What does that make you feel, Adam, when you read words like that? I think it kind of sends, kind of shivers down my spine. Not in the sense of feeling like, you know, creeped out or scared or anything, but like what an awesome, powerful, loving God we serve just that he pretty much just overrided everything, the power of, of death, the power of worldly things, because he says, I'm Jesus, and I, I created all things. And he proves that that much more by defeating death and rising on the third day to say, I truly am the one to give you eternal life because I just did, did that right here. Well, Adam, uh, that is so true. I, I really echo those sentiments. And have you ever wondered, Adam, what it must have been like for Mary, the mother of Jesus, to go through all these events and watch her son suffer the way he did, knowing that she had raised him from a baby? Mm-hmm. Well, today we're going to get a little taste of what that might have been like. It's my privilege right now to present you with a letter from Mary to Elizabeth as she might have written it within in the weeks following Jesus' ascension back into heaven. My dearest Elizabeth, the events of the last few months have triggered so many memories. I wish you were still here and that we could visit for a few months like we did many years ago. I feel so overwhelmed right now. It is so hard to process so much that has happened. Since you are already with our Lord, this letter will have to suffice. 
At the very least, it would be good to get my thoughts on paper. I'm not sure if anyone will read it, but if they do, I pray that they will be blessed. I will never forget the day the angel Gabriel came to me. It was just a simple country girl working in the garden and preoccupied with my upcoming wedding. I was grateful that God brought Joseph into my life. I knew he was a good man. I would soon find out just how good he was. As I was picking flowers for the dinner table, Gabriel came to me and said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. He went on to say that I would conceive by the power of the Holy Spirit. He told me about you being pregnant with John. He said nothing was impossible. I was raised to trust God, so I took him at his word. It was difficult a few months that followed. I did not know what to do. I knew it would be hard for everyone to understand, so I told my parents right away, and before they had a chance to react, I made plans to visit you. I told Joseph the next day and left to spend some time with the one person I knew would understand. I am so grateful that God allowed us to support and encourage one another. I was just a simple, imperfect sinner. I had just fought with my mother that morning, yet God in his great mercy made me the mother of the Son of God. I stayed with you through John's birth. I still remember when Zacharias signaled for a tablet and wrote, His name is John. Shortly thereafter, I went home to face whatever consequences might await me. When I returned home, Joseph met me. As tears streamed down his face, he told me how an angel had visited him and told him that he should take me as his wife. The angel explained everything, and though he didn't fully understand, he told me he was determined to obey. The events that followed showed me just how sensitive he was to the voice of God. He found me at a stable and helped me give birth. He found me a stable and helped me give birth to my firstborn son. He took to us the temple the eighth day to dedicate him to the Lord and name him Jesus, as the angel said. He stood by my side as we met Simeon and Anna and heard their prophetic words. He obeyed God and helped us flee to Egypt to save Jesus' life. When the time was right, he brought us back again. He gave me a shoulder to cry on when we couldn't find Jesus after a trip to the temple when he was 12. We shared a puzzled look when we found him in the temple, and he told us he must be about his father's business. Yes, Joseph was a blessing, and I miss him to this day. Jesus was a joy to raise, but the fact that he was perfect put a lot of pressure on his brothers. Perhaps this is why it was so hard for his brothers to believe in him. How gratifying it is for me to know that James and Jude now confess Jesus as Lord. When Jesus began his ministry, it was hard to let go. I know one day would come. I thought I would be ready, but when he called me woman at the wedding in Cana, I knew things had changed. I must admit I covered my pillow with tears that night. He had been given to me for a brief time, and my time was up. The last three years have passed in a blur. Jesus spent most of that time on the road. I only saw him a few times. I heard a lot of stories about his teachings and miracles. 
And I also heard about the great throngs of people that followed him, about how troubled the religious leaders were by his teachings. I was so worried each time I heard about their attempts to have him killed. I have never felt more helpless than I did the night he was arrested. I didn't know what to say or think. I got periodic reports throughout the night about his trial. It was a mess. Carted from one trial to another that night, Jesus faced false accusations on every hand. When John came and told that Pilate had bound him over to be crucified, I, I couldn't stay home any longer. I insisted he take me to Golgotha immediately. He hesitated, but he knew that trying to keep me away would be fruitless. When we reached the hill, I saw Roman soldiers driving spikes into his hands and feet. I barely recognized him. He had been badly beaten. He was covered in blood. He was screaming in pain and trying to say something. I leaned forward and distinctly heard him say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He said some other things during his time on the cross as well. When he said, I thirst, my mother's heart broke. My precious baby boy was suffering and I couldn't do anything to help him. The words Simeon spoke to me during our first trip to the temple came flooding back in an instant. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And for a sign which shall be spoken against, ye a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. I was amazed when Jesus looked down at me and said, Woman, behold thy son. And to John, behold thy mother. Though I recognized once again the general greeting he had used in Cana, I was beyond grateful that he was engaged in the spiritual battle of the ages. He still remembered his earthly responsibility to me. John has been a blessing to me. I will never forget hearing the words, It is finished. I watched him die, and I watched him be buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. I was numb by that point. I didn't know what to do. The next three days passed in a blur, which is all at once the slowest and fastest three days of my life. John left me at his home telling me to settle in while he met with the other disciples to, about what to do next. He spent the next few days going back and forth between the upper room and his home. He was very caring, yet he gave me space to process what I was going through. I will always be thankful that he didn't try to fix me or give me answers that he himself did not have. Sometimes when people lose a loved one, the best thing you can do is cry with him. Early Sunday morning when John came to see me, he was excited. He told me that the tomb was empty. He said he believed Jesus had risen. I wasn't sure what to think, but over the next 40 days, Jesus appeared to many of us. He was alive. In the next weeks that passed, since we watched Jesus ascend into heaven, I have come to understand that what was finished at the cross was God's plan of salvation for all mankind. When Jesus rose from the dead, he proved that his sacrifice was accepted by God. Those who believed on Jesus Christ and repent of their sins will be saved. I want everyone to experience the freedom that can be found in Christ. It is amazing to realize that when Jesus died, the veil in the temple was split in two. We have direct access to God. We have the Holy Spirit to guide and comfort us until Jesus comes back. 
I must end this letter so that I can bring John his supper. He's writing a lot lately, and when he writes, he tends to forget he needs to eat. We will meet again. In the name of the risen Christ, Mary. And there you have it, a little uh, retrospective of what it might have been like to be Mary and to be experiencing these events firsthand. I hope that has helped you uh, to focus on Christ this Good Friday. I hope that you will have a blessed Easter. And I want to just leave you with this. He is risen. He is risen indeed. This is Andrew Gomison, host of the Speaking for Him podcast, thanking you for being with us this week. I want to also say thank you to my executive producer, Adam McNutt, and to tell you to have a great weekend and to keep serving the risen best of masters. <laughs>